0: Yeah. Wow. I am the executive director of the Cannabis Beverage Association. We are a California-based, nonprofit trade association, and we're specifically formed to represent the interests of this amazing industry, cannabis beverages. So um, as my guest today, we've had a a series of mix-ups, but as I've been assured that this is standard protocol in the cannabis industry here, so I'd like to introduce our, our board president, our marketing director and our Sacramento-based advocate, and they'll introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about themselves here. So Aaron.
1: Hi there. I am Aaron Silverstein. I currently serve as the president of the Cannabis Beverage Association, as well as my other job I seem to do in my part-time, I don't really know what or how I have time for it, but I'm also heading up the production at House of Saka, a cannabis-infused
2: wine company. I'm Jim Bardino been in the cannabis industry oh, about seven years now, uh, and I work with Sands Lane Ventures, so a partner in Sands Lane, and we're on the board of the Cannabis Beverage Association, and I also head up the, the marketing committee.
3: Yeah, hi, I am uh, David Quintana. I am the lobbyist based in Sacramento. My firm is called Resolute. We have a very, very broad based, and this is the, my cannabis client of choice that I choose to work with. And um, I've been doing this since, since the beginning of the association. Um, there would be a legislator to my left, and um, I'd like to introduce him, Carlos Via Padua from Stockton. He was going to come and testify a little bit, or you know, talk to you guys about what's going on with our sector in the in the legislature. He got here last night, checked into his hotel, went to went down the freeway to get something to eat. He ended up in Oakland and came out, and his car was busted, and they stole his laptop. So he is not here today. I told him, dude, you don't have to go to Oakland to eat. They have delivery. Um, but whatever. So he's not here, and so you have us. Thank you.
0: All right. So <laughs> David is uh, actually one of the founders of the CBA, along with these other two, and I'll, they'll tell you about their involvement here, but let me tell you about what we were doing. So I was I was brought on. I have a lot of experience with organizational development, capacity building, things like that. So helping this group of amazingly talented entrepreneurs. How do we get organized, set this, or, this nonprofit up and get you going as a trade association? And so that's been my task. And it has been extremely exciting and a ton of fun. So uh, if you can say that about your job, you're, you're in a good spot.
2: Herding cats though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, when defining who we are, you know, how do you, you put the define beverage? So we define it as uh, the emulsions and the manufacturing distribution and the intellectual property and brands. So that is how we are defining and focusing on what's involved in the beverage industry. Um, When we work to help advocate for all the different things that mean something to the beverage industry, we have committees that do work. We have committees that do advocacy and government affairs. We have committees that are working on developing standardization processes, working with the DCC in Sacramento. We have uh, committees that are working on education, and we are also working on how we can build all this together so that we're not siloed and have a united message. So you can see we're kind of busy right now. So with that, uh, as I said, people with good ideas somehow find each other. And that's how this organization started to pull together. So David, I'm going to push this oh, sure. over to you. Yeah. Yeah, as, as one of the idea people, yeah. do you want to talk about how this all came together when you were working with Macai?
3: Yeah, and I think I, Macai. I, does anybody here know Macai Polanski? Would yeah, uh, Macai is is really a, a very brilliant guy. Um, uh, he reminds me a lot of myself. Not that I'm brilliant, but <laughs> let me let me pull that back in. I have good <laughs> ideas, and then I need people to help me carry those ideas out. So uh, Macai uh, always has really good ideas. So I had I had worked with Macai. Um, when I was a lobbyist, when he was doing um, uh, delivery, um, and they didn't have a license, and Mackay came to me, and said, "We have a problem. Delivery doesn't have a license." This was when they were first doing the legislation, and so we created an organization, and then we lobbied, and we got we got license. So, license uh, delivery now has you know a license, and that was Mackay and the association he put together. So, Mackay came to me a couple of years later, about four years ago, and said, "Hey, I'm getting into beverage. I think it's going to be a big deal." Um, I've looked at the, le- I've looked at the uh, legislation and beverage isn't anything. Like, there's nothing about beverage in there. Um, maybe we should start an association. And I was like, yeah. So I did my research. And, and we put it together. Um, then I dropped the ball. Um, and so it laid dormant for about six months. And then I uh, sent an apology email and groveled and said, I'm sorry, man, I dropped the ball. But, you know, that's what I am. And so we, we got back together. Makai and I met at a hot dog place. We decided to throw the organization back together. He reached out to very very good industry folks like Aaron and Jim, and um, we've been moving ever since November 2019. we put it together, and it'll be two years in November. So that's how November.:. This yeah. November. <laughs> Happy birthday, man. So uh, that's, that's how it came together. Let me say this, and I don't know if this is my part to say, but what's amazing and I think all of you should know, because you're involved in the beverage space even legislators that I know they get high as fuck, don't know about beverage. So we have calls, right? And I know, I know that legislator, right? I know, I know him. And he'll be on the call and they're like, hey, do you know beverage? He's like, what's that? Like, you know, Beer? So they don't know beverage even exists. And that's what we're here for. We're here to change them. So we had about 40 calls with legislators this year and um, educated them. We have samples from some of our great members. We give samples out to them and to their staffers. So I think what we have done is we have done a great, great uh, job at moving your ball forward so that the people that make decisions and write laws about, you know, about mm-hmm. cannabis now know that they need to think about beverage too. And we can talk about some of the problems that happened when they weren't thinking about beverage. Um, but yeah, so Cosby. me.: We'll
0: just let David talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to um, talk to my board president and my marketing director here and uh, talk about so you guys each comment on this, um, as founders of this organization. You've been here since day one, along with David. Um, so from your perspective, uh, what drove you to create a trade association? And uh, what made you realize that this was something you should jump on early on?
1: Well, for me personally, um, before I joined the cannabis industry, I was actually in the wine industry, um, working in the non-alcoholic wine sector. And when cannabis beverages first really, there was real interest in them really blowing up, I would say, three years ago, where you were, people were developing new brands, trying to get things on the market. Um, And I was working with a number of different people trying to launch products in this space to help them create non-alcoholic wines they were going to use as bases to infuse. But the struggles that I saw these people go through in terms of just trying to figure out how to put together a package that was going to be compliant, um, figuring out what kind of bottling they could do, where they could bottle something that was going to be compliant, how to deal with the licensing system, when beverages, um, if you guys are in the beverage industry, you know it takes a lot of expensive equipment um, <laughs> as well as you know skills that it 's not quite the same as just packaging flour so seeing all those struggles in the industry and things that we could do to change it through Sacramento just it became amazingly appealing and when Mackay, as David was mentioning earlier, reached out to me to try and be a part of this organization, I kind of just fell in head first.
2: I haven't looked back since. So I had a little bit different background. I came from the auto industry, so spent 10 years at Toyota Corporate, and then came into cannabis through the media side, so working with uh, Snoop Dogg's media companies. I helped run that for a number of years. But I had a chance to see all of the brands coming into the space. Um, I mean, it's like with OG, Kenny Morrison, with Venice Cookie Company, uh, and Keefe. So you had a very few beverage brands. But then uh, over the years, you started seeing more branding, just the quality of products. I think that, that was one of the issues early days. It just all tastes too much like weed, so you couldn't hit that mainstream audience. But uh, I started working a lot in Canada. Uh, so worked a lot with Canopy Growth and... Some others, but then you see the constellation come in, and so now everyone's ears perk up. Say, ah, something's going on, and so when you start thinking bigger picture about well, where do I get beverages now, and where's the alcohol industry, and that's where you see the opportunities. And everyone's looking, and that's why you get all the Molsons and all these major Budweisers and, and looking at the space and Pepsi's, and because they see what's going to happen when you go into a grocery store, convenience store, gas station beverages. So uh, everyone here sees that opportunity. It's just now what are those milestones to get there and do you have enough runway to do it. So with Sands Lane, we've got a brand incubator and also agency, marketing and branding agency. So we work with a lot of brands and we, we do a lot of focus on cannabis beverages just because we know what that future entails and how do you do it but in a cost effective way and, and knowing the right partners within the industry and that's why the cannabis beverage association is so important in being involved now, you're writing the regulations that are going to be our future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. partnering up with this guy, I mean extremely important um, because you are setting the standards so what you were saying one of our brands, the first beverage brand that some of these right. regulars have that's tasted right. Yeah, it was our brand. That's going to leave an everlasting impact.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think so. What Jim's referring to is that um, what I what I do is I'll have uh, legislators and their staffers over to my offices, and then I'll just break out one of the brands. Like you have this that Malice mm-hmm. uh, Green Apple Granny yep. Smith.
2: Granny Smith. Oh, yeah. Geez. OG. And yeah.
3: so um, I'll give it to the you know let the staffers taste it, and they've never tasted beverage before, and they expect it to taste like bong water. And then they taste this Granny Smith and they're like, Jesus, this is it? Like, why am I doing edibles, man? Why am I doing this? Why am I? And so they become hooked on the product. And so, what we want to do, as, as you said, is that's all nothing but a setup so that when we see legislation that comes through later and we start saying, hey, this doesn't work for beverage, they're like, oh, yeah, beverage. I love that stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you tell we're having a good time? <laughs> we're working hard, but it's, it's a good time. So David, you know, you, you've touched on this a little bit. How many do you, members of the legislature now do you think are aware of this? Other than the, the calls, do you think that beverage is yeah. recognized in the Capitol?
3: Yeah, not as it's an ongoing battle, and obviously legislators come and go, but as I mentioned before, we had 30 to 50 calls. I don't know the exact number, but it's somewhere between 30 to 50 Zoom calls with legislators. I've had probably about 20 to my office, then I've had a number of staff. But one thing we did last year, and I think you're going to cover this a little bit, but I'll touch on it now, is we had a bill on your behalf. We had um, AB 1222, and what that did is, I don't know if you are, many of you are in California, but... Prior, or this year, actually, still, if you are manufacturing any sort of glass bottle, it has to be painted, right? Or brown, correct? Um, Which is hard to source. So, we ran a bill this year with Assemblyman Phil Chen out of LA, and what it said is that that's goofy. um, What you can do is you can have any color glass bottle. So, any color bottle now, because of AB 1222, which was signed into law by the governor, as of January 1st, you don't have to go and try and source a brown bottle. You don't have to go and have, you don't have to paint your bottle. You can have any color glass bottle. What we do, what we will need to do with this year is we'll have to have cleanup legislation because we do realize some people have plastic containers. And so we'll have to do that for plastic containers too. So you can have any color plastic container and you won't have to continue to source these crazy things. But that's an example of what happens when people don't know about beverage and they're writing law. So that's our job, right? Our job is to make sure they know beverage so when they're writing it, they're like, oh, hold it a second. How does this affect the beverage guys?
1: So. I have to say, though, David makes it sound so simple. Right. But <laughs> exactly. Really. Um, it's almost impressive. Like, what you do is impressive, too, for us, especially. Mm-hmm. But that took, you know, just getting something that simple, something you would probably think is so absolutely basic. You know, why do I need to have... Like opaque painted bottles or ceramic bottles instead of just transparent or green glass, that probably took us what thirty to forty meetings with different legislators to actually to 40 get meetings, that going.
3: Testimony, yeah, and that's you know again that's one example of what we did this year. Um, but for those of you who are members, you might already be members of the CBA. But we'll you know we'll be doing more things this year, such as the cleanup Bill. But those are things that you might want to get involved in and say, hey, you know what? Here's a problem that I've noticed. And bring it up to the ledge committee and we'll go hey you know xyz XYZ company said this so that is an advantage for you
0: one of the other things that david helps us with and all of our members go and give uh, real life working examples which just makes all the difference we're not talking about theory here we have people that are producing products that are working Mm -hmm. up against these impediments regulatory or market access or whatever it is That is keeping them from getting you know if you're here in california and you start to tell a legislature that this is anti-business you know all of a sudden they go hold on no we don't we don't speak that language here let's talk about how we can help you get where you need to be to get your product to market we are pro-gambus so working with it's not just with the legislature but it's also working policy within the administration and so we are walked for example conversations with the california department of food and ag on you know, what is a um, making sure beverages are made with California uh, grown cannabis and then making sure that that tracks all the way through the system. When we're talking with CVFA, they are so interested in not only establishing uh, standards for California, but also they're getting ready to open this up for when it goes nationwide. And this is, this is we're finding this in every state agency. So it's a receptive group. But it is not to understate just how tangled this is and how much effort it takes in minutiae attention to detail. So one of the first things that we just did um, in order to be able to establish a platform is we have been working with the DCC to establish beverage as its own category. That's a policy thing. That's not David. Mm-hmm. David sets up all the meetings. He talks to people. We get the materials. We work in tandem, obviously. So there's both policy work and legislative work that goes into this that is in call, involved in our government affairs initiative. So um, and then we just chase after David. That's, well, and, that's, think, that's clear. <laughs>
2: and that seems like a no-brainer that beverage should be separate, but a lot of no. people don't realize how it's been bucketed under edibles. Edibles. That's right. And so. That, there's a lot of work that goes into it, so a lot of people just think it's so simple.
0: But it's such a, There are so many things unique to beverage that don't apply under the edible category. But when we talk to the DCC, who are doing amazing work, by the way, if you're tracking how in the last 100 days they've done all the consolidation and things that they've been doing, but they are truly drinking out of a fire hose. <laughs> this industry is so far ahead with what they can catch up with. And so when you come to them with informed, reasonable arguments, and based on how, what your experiences are in the market, I can tell you that they've been very receptive to us. And that's where we plan to keep ourselves right in front of them as we move this agenda forward. So um, back to Aaron here and, and to Jim, can, can you talk about from your perspective in the representing your brands and, and then Jim representing all the other brands that are involved in the CPA, what was the meaning of when uh, we passed the bill what does it mean to you when ab 1222 was passed
1: i mean to start for me that was it was a really critical point for us because it just demonstrated just the start of what we could do it was something where we tried to take a really really small bite out of the change that we needed going you know just one step at a time but getting 40 different legislators to actually know what cannabis beverages are, to care about it and to start moving forward on something, it's only going to grow from there. It's an amazing kind of start, and part of one of the things I know we're working hard to do is continue to build our membership base and grow this organization, because part of what everyone's looking to hear as we do that is, who do we represent? Um, mm-hmm. Are we all the voices in the cannabis mm-hmm. in the cannabis beverage sector, and it's something right now that's definitely how the legislation feels, and it's something we're continuing to grow. But yeah, that was just a, a pivotal and immense first step, mm-hmm. and it helped out your brand a little bit. It, it yeah. certainly did yes, help. Yes, with a little a little House bit. of Saka.
2: Uh, it brought legitimacy to what we're doing and all the effort because we're we're volunteers. Actually, yep. we pay to do this so. <laughs> for the privilege. Yeah, for pay for the privilege. But it, you know, we see what what's going to happen in the future and you know, bringing legitimacy to all the work that we've done, and all the work you know, David's done and his team. Uh, and so it was, it was a big win and just knowing the effort that Aaron was mentioning, how long this process takes, just for minutia changes in in policy uh and how important one little change in verbiage can be and so mm-hmm. it, it, definitely a lot of credibility to what we're doing
0: so david to you um there's a lot of cannabis groups working in the capital mm-hmm. and um, you were able to form some strategic alliances this year mm-hmm. with us how do you think other industry groups are going to be working with us next year and you want to talk about the experience of teaming up and helping each other
3: yeah, I mean, we worked with other groups on, as you all know, there was a um, very large bill on hemp passed this year, and we worked with the, uh, Kaleva really was mm-hmm. very, very active. I don't know if anyone from Kaleva is in the room, but they were very, they, they had a, a heroic effort in getting that bill passed. So we worked closely with them. Also, of course, the CCIA. Um, I think what, what the bill did was the bill put <laughs> us on the map as a group of discrete, a discrete type of business, which is beverage, and now people will come to us to say, "Hey, how does this affect beverage?" And that's what you want. You want people to go, um, "Did you talk to the CBA? Where are they at on this issue?" And that's now happening. And that's what you want to be. That's where you want to be in the capital. You want to be on the top of mind of people when they are thinking of ideas that touch your industry. You want them to touch you. And then what you want is for us to reach out to folks like you and go, mm-hmm. hey, Senator Smith is thinking of doing this bill. Do any of you have concerns with this? Does this affect with any of your business plans? So that's kind of how the machine works. And I think that's where we're at now. We're, in a, we're, we're an adult. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, David. Mm-hmm. So um, Aaron, you have a lot of, uh, besides being heavily involved in the industry, you are aware of many other groups out there. Why did you choose to get involved with the CBA of all the different choices you could have made?
1: Uh, the CBA is really the first group I'm aware of to care about beverages within cannabis and really go after that. Uh, there are, I believe there's one other group right now in the country, attached that is also trying to do that. and working on a slightly different level. I know they're going um, for some national kind of advocacy. But two years ago when we started, the CPA was it, and it was the first. And I think we're addressing issues on micro scale is kind of the wrong word, but it's those small things that can trip up an entire category, for sure, if no one's looking out for them. and right now, we're the only people I'm aware of doing that.
3: So if I can add on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it's the little things about beverage that when people don't even understand that beverage exists mm-hmm. as its own category, um, and instead they throw us in with edibles, there are a lot of little things that affect you as the producer mm-hmm. or the retailer of beverage um, that they never consider. So, for example, when I brought some props around. Um, one of the things I think that we need to think about in the future, and we're not saying we're doing this now, but it's just an example of when you throw us into edibles, this is the kind of stuff that happens. So I think a lot of you are familiar, you know, two milligrams, three, three, three. Milligrams. sorry, man. whoa, <laughs> three milligrams, three <laughs> milligrams, but you have this, you know, this this XO. Excel. You know, and it's a little complex. Actually, I gave one of these to my wife. No, I gave her a can a couple of years ago. She didn't open it for like nine months because she looked at that. She's like, "Oh fuck, I don't want to deal with that." And it sat, it sat on in the laundry room for nine months. Right. Meanwhile, it's three milligrams. Right. I went to a liquor store. I got a hundred proof Rumple Mix, twelve seventy nine. And that's it. Right. There is needs to be some sort of freaking equity between a three milligram can, can of, oh, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> I smell like that alley. <laughs> anyway, but you know where I'm going here, right? 100 proof of rumple Mints. It took me one second with a twist. Here I have a minimal, minimal three milligrams of THC and people like my wife are like, I don't even want to fucking deal with that. So we we need to think about how we can create, as we're moving forward with this discrete industry sector, we can get some equity on issues like this. And by the way, I don't drink, so if anybody wants some rumble (laughs) (laughs) it's all yours, man.
0: Okay, so, all right, to follow that up, Jim, you want to Mm -hmm. talk about after your uh, seven years in the industry, why did the CBA catch yours and Sand Lane's interest. You guys are, have a broad diversity in your portfolio. What yes. caused you to light up on this one?
2: Uh, obviously, because of Beverage is so important and to be involved early on, then we can help set the direction and hopefully establish ourselves as more of those industry leaders within in Beverage and from uh, branding and marketing and, and just meeting everyone. And, and that was the the wonderful thing about events and MGM Pac to know is in the house. Uh, first time I saw and met anyone in person was actually at, in Vegas. Um,
0: yeah, We have been virtual since we started this thing.
2: But, uh, yeah, just the opportunities have been mentioned already just within beverage but starting early and setting, knowing where we are going and how do you get there.
1: Actually, Jim, I have to ask you because I would love to hear this. So, Coming from cannabis, you've got more experience in it than anyone else on the stage, at least. Um, what made you believe in beverage specifically?
2: How many people drink alcohol? And I think someone brought it up, uh, and it was Rick from Tinley was saying, "What's the first question when you go into pretty much any establishment? What do they ask you? What do you want to drink? What can I get you to drink? Wherever you go, whether it's a social setting or at someone's house, we can get you to drink." They don't ask me, what can I get you to smoke? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I mean, that is powerful. Wherever you go, whatever establishment, you go into grocery store, convenience store, there's rows and rows
0: of beverages.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree with you there.
0: right, so we have a final question about where we're growing. Obviously, here in California, we're having, um, we're setting ourselves up, and we're making a name for ourselves representing this industry that is just every day when I talk with these guys and all of our board something new and interesting is happening so it's obviously a very exciting place to be but it's also catching attention across the country and we've started to get some members from across the country as well so um, across to everybody what what do you think this means you know we're a California based firm but what does it mean to have a CBA grow across the country so, Aaron, why don't you start with
1: that? That is a great question. Um, what it means to grow across the cost of country sounds kind of just like a lot more work to me, but something that we really need, <laughs> without a doubt. Because I think, at least the way we look at this, you know, the current state of things where you're only focused on that single market in a single state or you're trying to branch out into another state through... You know, it's, it's like running a completely separate business right now. You're going to have a whole licensing structure and deals with a brand new manufacturer, different sales team, all of that every time you go into a new state, but the, we know eventually you're going to have federal legalization, you're going to have interstate commerce, and I think one of the most important and valuable things we can do is get ahead of that and kind of pave the way for beverages to go through interstate commerce and how that's gonna work and make that a smooth transition that happens as soon as possible. And I think going national in that way, having members in every single state where cannabis is legal and being able to speak to those needs is something that's just immensely important to bring this category forward.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Because it's gonna get there, it's just a question of how fast and it's something that we can do for all the stakeholders in the space to make that a smooth and quicker transition than it otherwise would be without kind of that voice whether on a national level or on a state level.
0: Jim?
2: That and it's nice when you have Georgia and New York and Illinois represented um, you're getting a lot of the nuances also in, in the regulations and policy and and we can come together and either commiserate or, or celebrate some of the, the things we're able to do. And, and that's where when people are coming and asking, like, oh, do you have any manufacturers and is there competition, it's very much healthy collaboration within the space. And, and so the more members that we can have in each of the sub-segments, I think that's really just going to help us as an industry grow. And so when you get people from different uh, states and, and regions, it's only beneficial to our end product. And, and pushing beverage forward forward
0: David
3: yeah well when when I hear you, you, the way you put it, um, it reminds me of this is exactly why we created the organization. Mm-hmm. if you notice it 's not the california cannabis right. beverage association it 's the cannabis beverage, and we did that on purpose um, when we created it because we did want it to become a national. Um, advocacy group, and there are two reasons why. Um, One uh, is because we believe that California is an alpha state, not just as a state government and what they do other people lead, um, but um, we are an alpha state in the sense of this industry. Uh, California leads the nation in this industry, um, writ large, not our sector, but writ large, the cannabis industry. And so as we move, um, as we Create the regulations and the and the templates here in California. We can go ahead and move that across the United States, you know, to the benefit the of the companies that are formed out here in California. So um, that's when you say that that's that's why we did this.
0: Thank you. Well, and we have a just like three minutes for. Any questions you may have, but check us out. We're at uh, org, mm-hmm. And uh, we have a table inside, and you can join us at any time. We'd love to have you become involved in any of our committees, any of the other work. As David mentioned, you know when we're working legislatively, we need to hear from all of you. What does this mean to you? Real life examples of how this is impacting your business are, are very valuable to us. Any questions? Yes? Association had a position on AB
1: 45 with the bill that just got signed? We did. We supported AB 45. Um, while there's, I know, a lot in that that necessarily wasn't always written out uh, in terms of how that was going to then impact the cannabis industry, I think a lot of just what is not necessarily so strictly defined, but the idea of just increasing access and openness in general to whether it is. Cannabis or hemp is something yeah. that we do support. And does the association have a position on legislation or just policy relative to artificial or synthetically derived cannabinoids into beverage versus natural? And I that's might a have some controversial opinions, but I don't think that we have necessarily defined that yet as an association. And that is, again, uh, what Ginger was saying of please become a member and we'd like to hear your voice because we want to. Uh, Hear the entire industry and how do you all feel about that issue? And then we want to formalize that into a stance so that when this does come up, you know, in terms of any other potential legislation that's coming through, or if it's something we're going to tackle on our own, that we can voice your opinion and support what the industry needs. Thank
0: any you other for your time. Questions?